The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth, Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And then let's go ahead and jump into uh, Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Let's pray. Jesus, we come before you and we just we just want to thank you, Lord, and praise you for just uh, the past year that passed in our lives, Lord. Um, a lot of things happen in our individual lives, but you are with us, Lord. And again, we praise you and we thank you for the new year to come. We thank you for the words that we receive today, Lord. Open our hearts and our minds, God, as we receive you and what you're going to teach us through Randall. Be with us today, Lord, and we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, eh? All right. Check, 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 check. There we go. Hey, good morning, church family. How's everybody doing? It's good to see you, Grace City. Uh, happy 2023. Uh, and we are jumping into, hey, there's my communion. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are jumping into Vision Sunday, and so this is something that we do every year um, at the beginning of the year, and then we do it midway through the year, uh, but it's an opportunity for us to uh, really talk about all the things that God has done and then also look forward to all the things that we believe that God is, is calling us uh, to do this next year. And so uh, we are starting in Proverbs for the first part of the year, and we are looking at Proverbs 1, 1 through 7, and then 29, uh, 18. And so if you've got your Bibles this morning, uh, you can get there. We're going to be studying from uh, Proverbs 1, 1 through 7 particularly. Um, the message for this morning is, what's next? What's next? And so some of you are already thinking that, right? You're thinking, okay, what's next? It's 2023. And so um, there are some helpful resources I want to tell you about before uh, jumping in today's message. Uh, If you're looking for good devotional, I have one for you up here. You can grab it free. You got to talk to me after the service. Uh, But it's Timothy Keller, God's Wisdom for Navigating Life. This is through the book of Proverbs, okay? Okay. Uh, one book that I'm reading, I just had a, thir- I have a 13-year-old, he just turned 13, December 31st, uh, The Intentional Father, A Practical Guide to Raise uh, Sons of Courage and Character. If you are in that stage right here, um, also for moms, uh, Treasuring Christ When Your Hands Are Full. And so you can grab that from me and also uh, Women of the Word. Now, some of these books we have, that are, they're at the Resource Center. We try to make resources absolutely free. The reason is, is because 
I want you to not have any excuse to get really well equipped with things that are going to point you to God's word and to be Christ-centered. And so uh, when we talk about like giving things away, resources, any of that stuff, that is the heart of this church uh, because we believe that Jesus is generous, right? Jesus has generously blessed us, given himself away, and so we don't want any excuse. So make sure you go to the Resource Center, and again, if you want any of these resources, talk to me right after this because um, I want to get to know you. I want to get to know you. So our message today, what's next? Uh, Did you enter 2023 feeling stuck? How many are honest? You feel a little bit stuck. Okay. Author Matt Perman wrote a book uh, entitled How to Get Unstuck, Breaking Free from Barriers to Your Productivity. Matt Perman, I read another book of his, What's Best Next, talks about gospel productivity. Great book. I would encourage you to read it. Um, But in this book, uh, How to Get Unstuck, Matt Perman says this. He says, too often personal effectiveness is used as a tool to build the life we want and God is left out of the picture. So we aren't truly unstuck unless Christ is at the center of our lives. For Christ to be at the center means that we do all that we do for him and in his power. He follows that up by saying, if you want to do more than simply make money in your life or be well-liked, if you want to live a life that makes the kind of difference God wants you to make, then you need to have vision. Vision. And so today is Vision Sunday, and my question to you is, what's the vision that you have for 2023? As we enter this new year, many of us are asking this question, how will I increase this year in fill in the blank? Productivity, financial security, job satisfaction, Weight loss goals, I just want to be more organized. I have a goal of cleaning my garage because it's very messy right now, right? Like you have these different goals. But what's God's vision for you? What's God's vision for you? Proverbs 29.18 says, Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. The role of the prophets in the Old Testament were to point people back to God. That was the role of the prophets. And when there's no prophetic vision, no vision that's pointing you back to God, what's it say? The people, very easily, we cast off restraint. We seek our own goals in our own vision rather than the vision that God has. But it says, but blessed is he who keeps the law who looks to God's ways, to God's truth. Why do we have Vision Sunday? Well, it's an opportunity as a church to be reminded of who we are, remember where we've been, and to look at what's next. But also it's a reset personally on what matters most. Lamentations 3.40 says, let us examine our ways and test them And let us return to the Lord. Let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. 
See, what happens is that many times it's easy to get off track and to live a me-centered life rather than a God-centered one. And so the reminder for us is this, as, as Grace City, who are we? Well, we say our vision every week. Our vision is to be a church for our city that seeks new life in Jesus. What can happen with the church is that we can start to focus more on what we want more than what God wants and we start to become me-focused more than others-focused. And so we have this vision to reorient us to say we're here for others and that we seek new life in Jesus. Last fall, we went through the book of Daniel. We talked about how Jeremiah and, and Daniel are very interconnected because they were during the same time period. And in Jeremiah 29, there was this encouragement to, to love the city, to invest in the city, to invest in the place where God has planted you. And so that's the heart of our church, is to be a church for this part of the city. And we want to seek new life in Jesus. We believe that life, true life, is found in Jesus Christ. And our mission as a church is to equip people with the gospel for everyday life. Our mission is we want to equip you well to go and live as a believer, as a Christian out in the world. Now, there's a lot of ways where we can grow in that, and we are trying, and we, that's our desire. But we want you to feel equipped with, that when you go out, you can live out your faith wherever you go. Ephesians 4, 12 tells us that that's the mission of the church. It's to equip the saints for ministry. Now, where we, have we been as a church? Well, in 2000, uh, 2022, uh, we celebrated seven fruitful years of ministry, and I, and I praise God for that. This past year, new people were introduced to Jesus. Some of you that are sitting here today were baptized this past year. Can we just praise God for that? I see some of you. I see some of you out there right now. We've been able to invest in our city. There's different events that we are part of here in our community. Um, we want to bless this school where God has planted us to be. Uh, this past year, we had our a City Kids Sports Camp again where around 100 kids and families were impacted with the free sports camp. We were able to give away uh, thousands of dollars worth of school supplies and backpacks to, to students here at UC High School. Uh, we were able to support campus ministries, uh, IV, Crew, Destino, Bridges, supported local ministries, Agape Myanmar Mission, which you saw with Pastor Silas, Generate Hope, See, overall, uh, this past year, the, our church has given more than we've ever given, but also we've given more away than we've ever given. Almost, uh, well, it's over $64,000 that was given away uh, through the church, and so I praise God for that. This past year, um, it's been about equipping and sending, and so you've been here on certain Sundays where uh, we've prayed out people at the end of service. Uh, one of those in particular was an intern for us this past year, Jindarm Dosena, preached his first sermon up here and was able to see uh, him now in, uh, in seminary preparing for, for ministry. Uh, he says he wants to come back and do an internship again this summer, so that's, that's awesome. We hired a new college and young adult uh, 
leader, uh, Jonas Bekel. And uh, Jonas has just been a joy for me and our team and for the ministry that's happening here. We have a healthy team of volunteers. Believe it or not, there's almost 100 volunteers that help Grace City to run every, every week. There's 100 volunteers. And so I just want to say thank you for stepping up and for uh, really investing in the church because I believe that that's what the church is. I remember um, recently I was uh, preaching at a friend's church and um, his wife, was somebody was talking to her and she said, you know, we need some people to step up and do some different things in our church. And, um, and he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of like that old saying, like 20% of the people do 80% of the work. And she says, I refuse to believe that about God's church. Like maybe that's what it is in other places, but I refuse to believe that about God's church. And that's the type of church that I believe that God has called us to be. Every one of us have a place here. And so I just want to say thank you and I just want to invite you in to say that that's where you're really going to find a home and be a part of a family. And as announced uh, at our last family gathering in October, uh, this month, we're going to be installing three new elders to form an elder team here. Um, now, this has been a year-long process of identifying, vetting, and training uh, these leaders. Um, but it's A. Cahuto, Ryan Ferrer, and Tim Askew. And these men have stepped up. They're godly men, and they have godly wives, and I am thankful to serve alongside them. And so we'll be installing them on the 22nd of this month. Along with that, we're going to be setting aside Brooke Law and Jonas Bakel as deacons, staff deacons in our church. And so I'm just so thankful for the ministry and the leaders that are here. Um, one of the things that it takes to have a healthy church is healthy church leadership. Uh, Paul told this to Titus in Titus 1.5. He says, the reason I left you in Crete was that you might put into order what was left unfinished and appointed Appoint elders in every town as I directed you. That is a scriptural command from the Apostle Paul. And by the grace of God, after a long journey of seven years, that's where we're at as a church family. And I'm so thankful because this church isn't built on me. This is built on Jesus Christ. And this is a team of leaders that are accountable to God team of leaders that are accountable to God. And so we ask, what's next? Well, with all of that, the burden that's been on my heart recently is this question. Are we, you and I, equipped, really equipped with God-centered wisdom and discernment to navigate our fast-paced, complex, divisive, anxiety-inducing, faith-repellent modern world? Are we equipped? What's deep in my heart is why we as the church many times run from the hardest questions. And this year, we're leaning in. We're leaning in so that we can be equipped. One of the books we went through Faith for Exiles, Dave Kinnaman and Mark Matlock. I think it was super helpful for us as we went through the Daniel series. But he says, this instantaneous access to information does not equal wisdom. 
It's a good thing that the internet might provide some answers, but it, is it really the best and deepest and most godly place for finding the truest answers? Listening to God's voice is a top predictor of resilient faith among young adults. We want you to have a safe place to wrestle with questions and doubts. And we want to lean in so that we can do that in a God-honoring way. And you could start to have resources and, and places to, to open up. Luke 2, 52 the life of Jesus, it says, Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. See, this new year, before we start to ask all of those productivity questions, organization questions, all of those other things, would we ask, how will I increase this year in God's wisdom? How will I increase this year and knowing God's word? It's a lot of people that have a lot of answers and ideas. Lord, what do you say? And so our text today is Proverbs 1, 1 through 7. Just to give some background here, the, the author here is King Solomon. He shares that at the very beginning of this. Uh, he wrote a majority of the book of Proverbs. We also see Augur and uh, King Lemuel who uh, also share insights at the end of this. But what is Proverbs? Well, what we see is that Proverbs is a collection of generational wisdom, godly wisdom. This book is a guide on how to flourish and thrive in God's world. When you believe that God created the world, that God set life into motion, what does God say about life? Derek Kidner says this. He says, there is a calculation in Proverbs. For this, there is every encouragement to count the cost or reward of one's actions and to study the ways of getting things done. But wisdom, as taught here, is God-centered. And even when it is most down to earth, it consists in the shrewd and sound handling of one's affairs in God's world in submission to his will. And so really, what does it look like to ground your life in the questions that you have in the teachings that we see here? See, what does today's text tell us about wisdom, real wisdom? Well, we're going to start, and it tells us three insights here that we're going to study, and then we're going to jump into this over the, the, the next uh, few months here. But it's that wisdom is, number one, transcendent, number two, multifaceted, and number three, relational. Transcendent, multifaceted, relational. And so let's jump into the first part, transcendent, number one, in verse one. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. How is Proverbs transcendent? Well, first, the book connects us to King Solomon. And here's what we know about King Solomon. In 1 Kings 3, 7 through 9, Solomon asks for wisdom. He comes to God and he says this. He says, but I am a, only a, a little child 
and do not know how to carry out my duties. And he understands the great responsibility that he has of being king. And so he comes to God and he's like, I don't know what to do. 1 Kings 4, 29 through 32, it tells us that Solomon becomes the wisest man in the ancient world. It says this, it says that God gave Solomon wisdom and and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as as measureless as the sand on the seashore. It later tells us in verse 32 that he spoke 3,000 proverbs and his songs numbered 1,005. And so what we get here is wisdom from someone where God had given him grace on his life to understand what God's ways were. We get to sit under this teaching. But next it says this, Son of David, King of Israel. Now, to give insight into this, Daniel Aiken says this. What does this mean for us? We need to see that the Son of David, Jesus of Nazareth, has established a messianic kingdom by fulfilling the wisdom of Proverbs. He is the wise Messiah promised in Isaiah 11, who will reestablish the harmony fortified at the fall. We need to submit to his loving and wise rule so that he can produce wisdom in us. That's our only path to wisdom. What we see is this transcendent invitation that we get to understanding God's world. And it connects us, not just to Solomon, but also to the lineage that leads straight to Jesus, which we'll see all through the book of Proverbs. There is transcendent wisdom that you and I are connected to when we open up this book. Second, it's multifaceted. Look at verses two through six. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, and righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple knowledge and discretion to the youth, Let the wise hear and increase in learning and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. Now, what does this mean? Well, it means that wisdom is like a diamond. It's multifaceted with different angles that must be appreciated to fully understand what wisdom is. And so the first angle we see is that describes wisdom just in general. It's the, the Hebrew word hokmah. This is uh, more than uh, following the rules. It's the ability to make the right choice when there are no rules that explicitly, t- explicitly tell you what to do. Who to marry, what job to take, how to spend your money, And what can happen is if we stumble in this area, it has the potential to bring ruin upon our lives. It does. And so hokmah, wisdom, is this all-encompassing idea that there's a guiding, directing, 
truth within the world that God is leading us to. The second part is this. Next is the word instruction. The word is musar. And this means intentional accountability. It's the imagery of a drill instructor getting in your face. That's what wisdom is. Recently, I watched the movie, The Most Reluctant Convert. It's talking about the life of C.S. Lewis. It's how he became a Christian. It's, it's a beautiful uh, movie put together. Um, I would encourage you to, to watch it. But very early on in his life, he had a private tutor uh, named William T. Kirkpatrick. They called him the Great Knock. Um, he lived in his household from 1914 to 1917. And when he first met the Great Knock, he asked him, as, as C.S. Lewis just made a remark, made a, an observation. He, he questioned him about it, and then he, he gets to the bottom of it. He says, do you not see then that your remark is meaningless? At this, Lewis started to see the value of words. Not just to throw out words, but to use them effectively. And in this home, Lewis took on an extremely regimented schedule to prepare him for Oxford. Now, Kirkpatrick was not a Christian, but later in life, C.S. Lewis credits him for training him on how to become one of the great apologists of the Christian faith. He said, the way that he taught me and, and trained me and disciplined me helped me. Next is the word for insight. It's bina. This is the ability to notice nuance and distinctions. It's the ability to tell the difference between good, better, and best. Verses three through four, lastly, the words prudence and discretion. And these all point to living strategically. It's the ability to make the right decision at the right time. It's being able to foresee the next steps, but also the foresight to anticipate problems. Now, how many of you, when you start to listen to the, the descriptions of all these things, say, yep, I've got all those. I'm really good at all those. I read through it and I think to myself, oh, wow, I've got a lot to learn. I feel like Solomon, Lord, I am a child. I know nothing. Help me. Help me. See, that's what the book of Proverbs is for. Wisdom is multifaceted. So, what one, so my question is, what one area do you need to grow in this year? Out of all of those, when I start to say, okay, just wisdom in general of, of discerning, okay, where to go, what to do, morality, instruction, maybe I need accountability, more accountability in my life. Insight, maybe there's just, I'm not seeing distinctions and nuance and patterns that are happening and I keep getting into the same rut again and again and again. I keep asking why. Why am I here again? Why am I struggling with this again? Maybe it's prudence and discretion to live more strategically as you start to plan over this next year and in a God-honoring way. See, and these can all apply to the areas of friendship, decision-making, 
marriage, parenting, money, conflicts, work, social media, just daily habits. Last, it's relational. Look at verse seven. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. What's this mean? As we start to think about what wisdom is, and we start to get excited about the new year and all the things that we can start to plan for, what does this bring us back to? This takes us back to the garden and the first sin. See, Adam and Eve wanted knowledge without God and thus broke relationship with God through this disobedience. What this verse is doing, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, is putting life back into proper order. It's back into proper order. God first. God first. See, just like wisdom, this fear is multifaceted. See, it's a reminder of God's holiness and justice and who he is and all of his character. He's perfect in every way and, and there is a reality that apart from his grace, we all fall short and deserve divine punishment. Yet, through the reality of divine grace, we are able to learn the fear of the Lord and receive his knowledge in our lives. It's an invitation to draw near in relationship. God is saying, are you confused about life? Start with the fear of the Lord. Start with the reverence of God. Start with falling to your knees and say, God, I need your help. See, that's the greatest encouragement that I could give you this year. Is that this is an invitation to a relationship with the living God. And so we ask his, these takeaways at the end here. What's next? What's next? My prayer is that as a church, we increase in wisdom. We increase in wisdom. We increase in this type of wisdom that is being given to us in God's word. See, wisdom is multifaceted. So choose one area to grow in this year and just ask God for strength in this. Maybe it is that instruction, the musar. This, this means intentional accountability. It's the, the imagery, again, of a drill instructor. A coach. Someone coming alongside. For you, that might be saying, okay, I've never stepped into a city group before. I've never been accountable to others. I've come to a service, but I've never met other people. This year, I just want to encourage you more than ever, like get to know some people around you. There are some incredible people here that love God and will love you. It's not going to be the Sunday messages that are going to keep you. <laughs> it's not going to be just coming on a Sunday morning and listening to music. Like really, the church is God's people. And so having people come alongside, maybe it's the men's ministry or the women's ministry of people that can come alongside you and be there with you 
But we just want to lean in this year to relationships. Maybe it's insight. See, this is the ability to notice nuance and distinctions. It's the ability to know the difference between good, better, and best. And, and maybe this year, it's a year where you say, I need a mentor. I need somebody that's further along in life to come alongside me and help me. See, that's the beauty of, of the church and the intergenerational nature of God's people. We don't want to be just a singular generation of people coming together, but we believe that God's church is intergenerational. One of my mentors, I just talked to him yesterday. He's in his 70s. He's been a pastor for 40 years. Huge encouragement to me. Helped me, guided me through some really difficult times. Gave me wisdom. Is this the year that you find somebody and you pray for somebody? Because here's, here's how I, we, we connected. I literally just prayed. I said, Lord, I need a mentor. It was on the way to a pastor meeting. No lie. I was just on the way to, like, Lord, I need a mentor, please. And that's when we met that day. God hears. In the book of James, it says, anyone who asks for wisdom, God grants it to you. If you ask, would you ask? Next one's prudence and discretion, living strategically. It's being able to, to make the, the right decisions at the right time. Friends, there, there, there's so many times where I look back and I say, man, I wish I had somebody who told me to just not make this decision or not make that decision. Could have been a financial decision, right? Could, could be just like setting goals and, and having a calendar and like realistic things but but this year prudence hold on to it saying maybe that's the area where i need to grow this year so question is how will we equip you well like i said we're going to be studying proverbs specifically but my challenge is this read a chapter of proverbs a day read a chapter of proverbs a day See what God does. So today, if, if, just an easy way to start. If you're like, okay, where do I start? Start on the day that it is. It's the 8th. Read chapter 8. But that's where you can start. You can just start reading a chapter a day. But that's my challenge. Over the next few months, read the book of Proverbs one chapter a day. We're going to be having equipping classes in person, we're going to be doing more classes that are going to be available online. Uh, one of the things that we're doing right now is we're just revamping the website, not to make it cooler or any of that stuff. It's really to put more content up there to be helpful. That's what we're doing. So right now we are working on that. Uh, we're, we're filming some different things and, and just trying to get content up there and available to you so that you can really feel equipped. We got to do a better job of that. And, and that's something that I see this year that we're trying to do. And so we're working on that uh, right now. We're going to have that stewarding uh, finances class, uh, bringing in Thrivent. Uh, my friend Anthony Kamara, he's, he's an amazing guy. And I think he could be super helpful for you. So you're like, I never had any uh, guidance in that. I tell you, like financial uh, stewardship doesn't come naturally. 
It doesn't. You need some insight. You need some help. And so there's always ways to grow and be better at that. The sooner, the better. That's all I could say. Um, so we're going to have more in-person classes and trainings available for you coming up this spring. The next uh, takeaway is embrace your stage. Um, the reality check for me is I just turned 40. Praise God, yeah. And I'm full on embracing that, man. I'm embracing my stage in life, but I'm also embracing that I got a teenager. And over this break, one of the, the, the thoughts that popped in my mind, and I'm serious about this, is, is I need to prepare for the second half of my life. Seriously, by the grace of God. I need to prepare for the second half of my life. Like this has been, I, if the Lord's gracious, it says that you get about 70, 80 years right in there. So if that's what God grants me, then I want to be, I, I be diligent in that. I do not want to waste it. So embrace your stage of life because some of us, we haven't done that yet. I was talking with my wife this morning. We were on a walk. She's like, I'm 41. You know, we're like, yeah, we're in our 40s. Like, yeah, we got to. You just have to embrace that. See, some of us are relying on wisdom of the past to face the challenges of today. You hear that? We're depending on the wisdom of the past to face the challenges of today. And that wisdom is just not going to be sufficient. It's not. And so we have to ask God, where have we not grown? What do we need to do? Don't get stuck. Titus 2 talks about this. It says, older men pour into the younger men. Older women pour into the younger women. We, we, need to, we need each other. Lastly, growing grace. As we approach Easter, one of the things I'm really excited about this year that we're going to do is um, on February 22nd, uh, that would be uh, the 40 days before Easter. Usually that's when Lent starts. We're going to have a Seder dinner. A Seder dinner is a Passover meal that is really a beautiful reminder of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It's all in it. And so um, talked with um, a friend who uh, is a Messianic uh, Jew, and he is going to be leading that for us. And so I'm just very excited about that and for our church. So I invite you. But that's going to lead us into 40 days of prayer and fasting before Easter. We want to be a praying church. So the challenge is as we go through the book of Proverbs, that will lead us to a deeper faith in Christ as we celebrate Easter on April 9th. So my hope is that you and I will lean in to God's wisdom in 2023. And how is this God-centered wisdom attainable? Well, it's this, by knowing that wisdom is not just information. It's a person. It's a person. And this person in Proverbs 8, 
says this. Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For those who find me, find life and receive favor from the Lord, grace. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death. See, friends, it was all of us who loved death. We all chose our own way. But it's our Savior, the one who came, lived wisely more than any other person, the wisest person ever walked this earth, faced death and died for us, for our foolishness. He died for our foolishness so we could be raised to life, a new life, a wisdom that we couldn't have had on our own. Do you see that gospel? Do you see that good news? Does that give you hope this year? The hope is in Christ, and he's walking with us. He's alive. Let's pray. Jesus, I just pray that we can grow in your grace and your mercy and wisdom. Help us, Lord. We give you all the praise for all the things that you've done and all of the exciting things that you have for us in the future. We lay them at your feet. Guide us, Lord. Give us discernment. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.